0: here are some of the things that I like to tell of my clients. Firstly, we eat 40% more during the holidays because we eat more when we're socialising, we probably drink more alcohol, we eat out more rather than at home. So we are eating significantly more than in our week-to-week lives during our work weeks. Welcome to the Eat, Live, and Move podcast by Miyagi, a space where we bring you the latest science-backed conversations, expert insights, and practical tips relating to all things health and wellness. Hello, I am Dr. Gina Cleo, your personal habit change expert.
1: And I'm Dr. Ross Walker, your personal cardiologist and preventative health expert.
0: And together with our 60-plus years of collective experience, mostly thanks to you, Ross, We're on a mission to help you to improve your health and transform your habits so you can eat, live and move better one episode at a time without the fluff or the fads. Now with the festive season in full swing, we thought it would be fitting to dedicate this week's episode on how to navigate the holidays and to help you to stay on track rather than completely falling off the wagon, which if you have before, you are not alone. It can be a really destabilizing time because our routines are all out of whack. Now, we know it can be challenging with Christmas parties, with celebrations, so how can we actually enjoy this time of year without throwing all of our hard work or our healthy habits out the window? There's so much to cover in this episode, but before we begin, a quick reminder to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so that you can get notified each time a new episode drops. Now, Christmas is just around the corner, which means feasting, holidays, and for some of us, we take a few extra kilograms into the new year. We often blame Christmas for the extra weight, but I think it's really important to recognize that Christmas is only one day, so it can't be the only reason that we gain weight. It's a range of reasons, and here are some of the things that I like to tell of my clients. Firstly, we eat 40% more During the holidays, it's because we eat more when we're socializing, we probably drink more alcohol, we eat out more rather than at home. So we are eating significantly more than in our week to week lives during our work weeks. We're also out of our normal routine, so we may not be home or we may just not have that set schedule, that tends to keep us in a regular eating rhythm. We're socializing more with friends and family, which means that they could be doing some of the cooking, which may not be some of the foods that we eat. So we're eating different foods. And here's the other kicker. We make New Year's resolutions to lose weight and get fit. And so there's kind of this splurge in December in the anticipation for the January famine but my biggest tip is please don't wait till January. That all or nothing thinking never works. Ross, what do you do and when it's leading up to to the holidays? What are your rituals?
1: I think the holidays are vitally important. I think by this time of the year, most of us are fairly a little bit burnt out. It's been a very difficult year for so many reasons. There've been so many things going on. We've we've come out of COVID, but then there are so many things around the world that are happening that are really quite disturbing. So I think we do need to see this time as a time for rest and rejuvenation, not a time to excessively party. So I don't think you need to go to every social event. I think you just need to have some time to do nothing, read a book, do a bit of exercise. And as you say, don't don't get there and overeat. So I think the first thing to do, and I think this is like this with everything, is to be aware. So be aware that that there's the potential for you to gain those few extra pounds, potential for you to drink a bit too much alcohol. So I I think we should be planning ahead. Set yourself a schedule. Even write things down about what you want to achieve over the the time in the holidays. And I want to just tell you, you mentioned uh, the fact that people do tend to consume more food and, and alcohol. There's a thing in cardiology we call the holiday heart syndrome. And the holiday heart syndrome is that many people who go to a holiday place End up with a, a heart rhythm disorder, disturbance called atrial fibrillation, because that people tend to drink more alcohol, tend to have more stimulants of whether it's coffee or alcohol whilst they're away, and often then wake up at three in the morning after this, uh, in in atrial fibrillation, and end up at the accident emergency, trying to get their atrial fibrillation sorted out.
0: So, you're the busiest around this time of year oh, then. Not
1: me because I always take Christmas off, but, <laughs> but but people working, I don't work in hospitals, hospitals. anymore, but when I was yeah. working in hospitals, you'd see this all the time.
0: That's so interesting. Oh my so, goodness. So, the comment ah. about
1: planning it is the big deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, in terms of the weight gain, several studies show that on average, we might gain around half a kilogram to two and a half kilograms which is about one to five pounds over that Christmas holiday period, which, look, isn't a huge deal. But the bigger concern is that most people don't ever lose that extra weight that they put on during the holidays. Therefore, it compounds and it just gets more and more year by year. So we really want to be able to enjoy the festive season. We want to enjoy and have a good time without landing ourselves in the hospital or needing a bigger size in our clothes or you know having whatever health issues, go hand in hand with that extra weight gain. So what we did is we reached out to our amazing team of dietitians at Miyagi. We asked them to give us what their most practical tips are for helping people navigate through the festive season. So, Ross, I'm going to get you to tell us what is the first tip that the dietitians gave us? Well,
1: as I said, we should plan ahead. So set that schedule and to plan for festive events and don't turn up to everyone. Uh, and and fit into time still when you're on holidays because you don't have to go to work so you have more time to to plan what you're going to eat and especially plan your exercise so keep up the exercise you you might be winding down from work but you should always be doing that three to five hours of exercise per week and if you don't do it maybe see it as a time to start doing it so you're, you're the dietitian expert tell us about the, the meals what should we be doing with our meals
0: well the dietitian recommend recommended to stop skipping meals or avoid skipping meals or going to festive events when you're feeling too hungry. It's just like when you go to the supermarket hungry and you buy all these things that you absolutely did not need. When you go to events and you're feeling really hungry because you've skipped a meal or you have a much smaller meal than you normally would because you think you're going to be saving on calories, we are likely to overdo it on the canapes or just eat a lot more than you normally would. So, Try to keep to a normal meal time and listen to your hunger and fullness cues as much as possible. This is certainly something that I try to adopt because I've tried the whole reducing the a meal before the event. like I've tried to have a small lunch. Then I get to the event and I'm just like famished. It does not work. So what i what I do now is I'll just eat a normal lunch and I just reduce my expectation of having a huge meal when I'm out or a much bigger meal when I'm out. I'll just enjoy. The same size that I normally would, maybe a little more, but it's okay because it's not all the time, and that I think that seems to b- work beautifully, and it's an awesome tip.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I think I think also we should uh, get to what the Buddhists call, which is the middle path. In- enjoy foods in moderation, um, and so so it's okay at Christmas to have that ham or turkey, uh, Christmas pudding if you like that. I- I've got a thing, Gina, called the cheesecake rule. I absolutely love. Cheesecake—it's my favorite. Me too. F- favorite wait, what's dessert. your
0: favorite flavor? How do we not know this about oh, each other? Well, the
1: New York baked cheesecake, of course.
0: Oh so, my god, so, me too. So, so, Ross. so
1: if I go to a restaurant, and this is <laughs> this is one of the ways I treat myself. That. I don't have desserts, but if there's cheesecake on the menu, then I will have a cheesecake.
0: Oh, is that your rule? So you the, won't the have dessert rule. unless there's. Yeah. Wait, does it have to be the New York baked? No, cheesecake no, no, no. no, no I just cheesecake. love any
1: sort of cheesecake, but. uh so so well, so. This is a
0: half-ass well, rule. Well,
1: it's a it's a reasonable rule. So I might <laughs> nah, get to have a, have a piece of cheesecake every three months, but I enjoy every bite without mm. a shred of guilt. So I think it's the Love same it. thing at Christmas. It's okay to to loosen up, and as I think you made the really good point, Christmas itself is only yeah. one day, so you can let yourself yeah. go on one day. I I yeah. have a um, I have a, a t shirt that I wear at Christmas that that has across <laughs> written on it Santa's favorite cardiologist.
0: <laughs> Who gave you that?
1: My wife, of course.
0: <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. You know your Cheesecake Rule? I've done that with a chips rule. Literally, I used to say, Okay, I every time these my favorite chips are half price yep. at the supermarket, I'm gonna buy them. Yep. And that's literally what I would do. But I swear for a period of like two months, they were half price every time I was there. And it got to a point where I didn't even want them anymore. But I was like, Well, I've got to buy them now.
1: Well, that does remind me, you know, the old saying when the chips are down. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Ross. <laughs> All right, the next tip from our wonderful dietitians is the preference around seasonal food. Enjoy the food that's only on offer at Christmas time. It's okay to enjoy Christmas ham and turkey or some trifle or some Christmas pudding if that's your thing. For me it's it's custard. But enjoy also the beautiful seasonal produce like cherries and mangoes. You know, chips, chocolate and other snack foods are available all year round. So don't fill up on these foods because you can have them anytime you like. So I really, really love that tip because it makes it special and it makes it, uh, I guess, the indulgence becomes festive and it becomes seasonal. And I think that's really exciting rather than just, oh, it's the holidays we get to eat chocolate and chips. It's like, well, you can do that anytime.
1: Yeah, and, and this one is uh, pertaining to my comments about the holiday heart syndrome. Be mindful of how much grog you drink. Be mindful of your alcohol intake. And and, and alternate it with some water or soda water, um, spritzers with soda water, uh, soda water fruit inside to reduce the alcohol content. And a, a big one here is, say, I'll be the designated driver because then you're not going to drink as much. So that's a, another way to do it.
0: Nice. That's a good one. I like it. The other tip that our dietitians gave us was use a plate at canapé events. And oh my goodness, this is definitely something I have learned that I have to do because I would just stand by a canapé table or like a food, a table of food, and I will eat it. It's like a task. Like for me, if I have a list of things to do, I have to get through the whole list before I can, you know, finish the day. And I feel like if there's Food like canapes on a table. I'm like, well, I've got to get through all the food before you know I can move on to doing something else. It's like a task. It's really weird. So at parties where there is a table of food, it can be really hard to keep track of you know how much you've eaten or if you're going back and forth and you're picking at food, you don't know how much food you've consumed. So fill a small plate with as much food as you would like on it. You know, as much food as you feel like you need. Sit down, enjoy it savour it, taste it, don't waste it, and, and really make the most of those canapes. Having that visualisation or the visual element of knowing how much food is on your plate then gives you the awareness of how much you're actually eating. Otherwise, you might end up like me and just eat until the plate is finished.
1: So here's an interesting tip from our, <laughs> our dietitians. Make your own plate. Now, I didn't realise we are dealing in <laughs> ceramics here. No, no, I'm joking. So if, if you're going to an event at a house... Often bring your own plate uh, of food. I mean, I don't bring your own plate. But <laughs> a grazing plate and put on veggie sticks, fresh fruit, hummus. How good is hummus? Do you like hummus? Oh uh, my god, uh,
0: I could literally have a bath of hummus. Like I love it that much. Legitimately, I think it's my Egyptian roots.
1: Yeah, what? Well, absolutely. Well, there you go. There you go. Oh. Of course. So now, I mean, we had
0: hummus that. for breakfast. What's this? What's this Vegemite stuff? No, no, no we eat hummus. And you don't say hummus. We say hummus.
1: Hummus, sorry. Exactly. You know, like
0: you really got to put your passion in it, Ross, like hummus.
1: Hummus, okay. And then things yeah, like so. olives, <laughs> cheeses. Again, a little bit of medical stuff here. There is nothing wrong with cheese, and the harder the cheese, the better it is for you. And again, I'm not suggesting anyone should swim in this stuff, but it's okay to eat a bit of cheese. Cheese doesn't cause heart disease. I mean, it's just nuts, so to speak, which is the next thing. Nuts and seeds are very good for you. A study, uh, in fact, quite a few studies have shown that if you have 10 or 15 natural nuts per day, you reduce your risk for cardiovascular disease up to 50% just by doing that. And the reason being, it's not just the healthy fats in the nuts, but it's also a thing called L-arginine that that leads to a thing called nitric oxide that opens up your blood vessels. So there you go.
0: I think my favorite thing you've ever said is that Like you can eat cheese, like it's okay. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. Thank you for normalizing one of my favorite foods ever. It's a great food, great (laughs) shit. What I really love to take to Christmas is like a toothpick with cherry boccacini, cherry tomatoes, a bit of basil. And it's just such a crowd pleaser and it looks so pretty and it's so Christmassy because it's got all the Christmas colors in it. And it's delicious and it's got cheese in it so it's really a win-win and vegetables tomatoes we're good
1: yeah and and I I think people still have to go for the more healthy options like the leaner proteins Uh, 50% of the plate should be salads and roast veggies we've got to get to that two or three pieces of fruit per day three to five servings of vegetables per day every day I think that's that's the way to do it that that, would be one of my tips
0: so that's really that healthy plate model, isn't it, that you're talking about, Ross? It's like fifty percent of your plate should be salad or roast vegetables, and then a quarter of it should be your protein and the other quarter should be your whole grain carbohydrates.
1: And there's my this is my big one. Stay active. Even if stay
0: active, yes. yeah.
1: Even if you don't get to the gym and, and I I have my own little gym at home that I use every day. It's important to keep to your normal schedule. Uh, play Play Beach Cricket rather. Well, it's, it's tradition at, uh, in Australia, of course. Maybe not in America, where they, uh, they I think they use baseball as a practice for cricket. In my view, um, but but play thi- play with the kids, throw a frisbee around the park, just get everyone involved in a little bit of activity. It's a great thing to do.
0: Yeah, I love it. I've done a few overseas trips this year, and one of the things I really wanted to try to normalize is exercising whilst on holiday. So I like going to places where there's either access to a gym or to a beach where I can walk on or there's a mountain I can hike or something to continue being active on my holiday. And it's interesting how many people found that quite obscure. Like, why are you at the gym? You're on holiday. It's like, well, just because I'm in a different place or it's a different season doesn't mean I don't want to stay active. I absolutely do. And I think it's so important to normalize, continuing to stay active. And it might look different, like you said, Ross, through the holidays, but to stay active is so good for all the things.
1: No doubt. No doubt. And, and look, I, I think it's also important that one, one of the problems is at Christmas time, often you see relatives you haven't seen for most, most of the year. And, and I, I say all the time, just because you share DNA with people doesn't mean you have to like them. And, and, and in my professional talks I say when I give a talk on stress management I say put up the hands of all those people who come from dysfunctional families and the figure figures are 60 percent of people come from dis- dysfunctional families and 40 percent of liars. So I, yeah. I think
0: what you, <laughs> oh God, what, you,
1: what you have to realize is that there will be times where uh, this this hyper presence at Christmas time, it uh, does create issues uh, uh, because you don't see these people that often and a bit of alcohol involved and people loosen their tongue a bit. So I, I think it's really important to be kind Be kind rather than right. Be kind to yourself and remember to enjoy things in moderation. And aim to maintain uh, is, is a better goal versus trying to achieve too much, too much, uh, it may be a bit unrealistic at this time of the year. So, so just see it as a time to be kind to yourself, but also with your interaction with some of your relatives who maybe you don't like that much, be be kind to them rather than being right.
0: I love that so much. And it's really that self-compassion point, isn't it? It's having, it's having the understanding that this is a, a time that's a little bit different to the normal and there's different stresses going on. And I just need to have that self-compassion to sit and know that it's okay not to do things perfectly. And it's certainly not the right time necessarily to have these big goals or ambitions and if we just maintain things, and that's an awesome achievement in itself, I think having, you know, touching on your point of our family members, I actually think from uh, when I used to see patients in my practice, I remember Christmas time used to be a pain point for a lot of emotional eating, and a lot of that was around seeing family members that we might feel a bit anxious about, or we don't really want to see, or just the whole social setting, the expectations of it all can be can be a lot. And yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and you're not really looking forward to this huge Christmas season, a lot of people feel the same. And I think just r- maintain your normal routine as much as possible and just remember to have that compassion for yourself. And then lastly, l- really learn from your setbacks. It's so okay to have setbacks. I always say it's not if you have a setback, it's when you have a setback. It's part of the process. No success journey is linear. It doesn't make any sense that we have no setbacks. Otherwise, we've got nothing to learn from. So use the experiences that you have as learning opportunities, and understand what you might do differently. At, you know, then at the next event or the next time, if you feel like you've overindulged at the first Christmas party, learn from that. What can you do differently at the next one? Maybe don't stand next to the food table like Gina would. Like, don't do that find you know turn around turn your back to it and go find someone to talk to or whatever it might be see it as a learning experience rather than get down on yourself about it
1: Yep. so before we wrap up today's episode we're going to finish with our <coughs> member question of the week which is from penny and penny's okay. question is what's your stance on using artificial sweeteners i drink the occasional Ooh. coke zero this is penny not me i wouldn't drink that stuff at all when i'm out and about and i, <laughs> I, I don't i don't Please. Penny, um,
0: we have no judgment.
1: And no, no, I'm just saying I don't drink this stuff. Um it's and fine. I, I also have it occasionally in my morning coffee, uh, the artificial sweeteners. Is it okay to have every now and again or should I be giving it up altogether? Gina, over to you first.
0: Ooh, good question, Penny. Look, as per Ross, I don't have any artificial sweeteners in my diet for many reasons. Um, there is actually a new report that came out from the World Health Organization earlier this year that did really, I guess, suggest that the reduction of artificial sweetener consumption is better. So we were really, I, I think the less the better when it comes to artificial sweetness. Are you saying that you're having the occasional Coke Zero when you're out and about. I don't think that's going to have a huge impact on your health. I think it's just good to be mindful that Artificial sweeteners do negatively impact our gut microbiome, and that's going to impact every other part of our life. Artificial sweeteners are also 10 to 20 times sweeter than sugar. And what the research shows is it actually increases our sugar cravings because our brain's like, whoa, I'm going to get all this sugar because you've tasted it on your tongue. You haven't actually got that sugar circulating around your body. You've still got insulin that's being released to try to capture that sugar, which is not there. And this can lead to insulin resistance, which I'm sure, Ross, you can tell us a little bit more about.
1: Yeah, well, there's no doubt the studies are reinforcing the fact that artificial sweeteners cause just as many problems with insulin resistance as do sugar. And I don't think people should think it is that much of a healthier uh, alternative. And We're going to go into a a podcast where we discuss artificial sweeteners and the whole works. But just to give you one example, if you have one sugar-sweetened drink, Per day, and in the U.S., they use high fructose corn syrup as their sweetener, and it's probably probably even worse than, than standard sugar that say we the sucrose we use here. But if you have one one drink of this per day, it increases your risk for type two diabetes by about 50 percent. A lot of people will will have one sugar sweetened drink per day, whereas if you have one artificially sweetened drink per day, that increases your risk for type two diabetes by 20 percent. So it's not as bad in terms of diabetic risk, but it's still an increased risk. So I I think what you might do occasionally will probably not hurt you. But I think the best thing to do is to try and slowly break down your intake of these things. I I think stopping them suddenly is quite dangerous. I told you, you off air the study that was done on rats, where they fed rats the equivalent amount of sugar for two weeks that a human would have on average in their diet. Then they stopped the sugar suddenly, and the rats displayed many symptoms consistent with heroin withdrawal. So, so these things, sugar is very addictive, and I think artificial sweeteners are not not much better. That's my stance.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so the question is, you know, can I have it every now and again, or give up altogether? I think that's going to be a personal choice for Ross and myself. We don't have artificial sweeteners in our diet, but look, if I am you know, say I'm making some cake and I've got some stevia around, I might throw in a bit of stevia along with the honey or whatever other sugar I choose to use um, just to sort of balance it out a little bit. But also if the stevia is not there, I'm, I'm good with that as well. What about you, Ross? Do you have stevia?
1: No. No, I, I just… No. Ross is
0: just like a hard no, no to the hard no, 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 sweetness. I'm not saying... I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I just
1: don't have much of a sweet tooth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you so, don't. That's true. So therefore You're sweet I, enough. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you obviously don't
1: know me well enough. <laughs>
0: no, I don't. No. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I, I think that it's really going to be a personal thing. I don't think there's a specific right or wrong answer to your question. What I do know is that you know, the guidelines are getting tighter and tighter with how much artificial sweetener is healthy for us. And so, look, if, if if you're happy to give it up, I'd probably do that, but I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I can't come near any sort of artificially sweetened product again and make it a big deal because I think the stress of that is probably worse than the actual artificial sweetener. But if you were to have one, yeah. I think our favorite is probably the the worst of all the evils is probably stevia. I would say at the moment, it's sort of what the research is showing the, the, the us. Least, that may the least, least
1: worst of all the evils.
0: The the least worst. <laughs> I should say the least worst. What did I say? You the best worst. The worst. worst. Of all. The, wor- the best of the worst. Yeah. Is stevia okay? The, the well, best choice. Guys, the best choice. That's it. I am gonna. I'm going to just end it here, guys. That brings us to the end of this week's episode on Eat, Live and Move with Miyagi. We hope you've taken away some practical tips on this episode to get you through the festive season without feeling like you're going to have to start from scratch in January again. That would be terrible. Now, if you're looking for more personalized support to help you reach your health goals, please be sure to head to our website, which is miyagi.coach where you can see all the different programs that we offer, which have one-on-one support from dietitians, education-based webinars from Dr. Ross and myself, plus access to an app, recipe guides, a private community, and so much more. And if you want to learn more about how we can tailor the program to your goals, you can book a free call to speak with a consultant. Whatever platform you're listening to today, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop a new episode. That's all from us. Thanks again. Have an amazing holiday and we'll see you next week for more conversations with myself, Dr. Gina Cleo and my co-host, Dr. Ross Walker.
1: Bye, everyone.